Welcome to Playmakers. I'm Haley Elwood and joining me today is Amy Trask. Amy is a former CEO of the Raiders. We will not hold that against her, even though this is a Chargers podcast because she is an amazing, amazing woman. And currently she works as an analyst for CBS Sports, where you can find her on that other pregame show, as well as We Need to Talk, which we will talk about later today. So Amy, thank you so much for coming on. How are you? I am well. Thank you for asking. Thank you for having me on. I hope that you are well as well. And if I may address your um, very, very good spirited um, comment at the beginning about not holding it against me (laughs) that I spent all those years as a divisional rival with the Chargers, I will share with you that notwithstanding that we were competitors on the field on Mm -hmm. game day, we worked tremendously collaboratively with the Chargers on non-game matters. Yes. So um, tremendous relationship. And I, I think extremely highly of, of so many in the charge organization. I love that. Cause I mean, that's how I feel about my counterparts at the Raiders too. Even the Broncos, my cousin actually works for the Broncos. So we have a little AFC West rivalry in the family, but, but that's the fun thing about the NFL, right? I mean, your division rivals on the field, whatever happens between the white lines happens, but then off of it, we're all in this together at the end of the day. Uh, well said. And, and by the way, that's quite um, a, a matchup of having divisional rivals yeah. in a family, each of you working for separate AFC West teams. That must make for interesting holidays, you know, in the olden days when we actually could get together for holidays. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's league wide and, and you summed it up so beautifully. Teams are competitors on the field, but work collaboratively off the field. And I enjoyed that relationship really with every team for the most part around the league. And, um, and I'm teasing when I say the most, for the most part, um, it's 32 teams and people often talk about the league, the league, the league. Well, the league is simply a compilation of 32 businesses Mm -hmm. and the league office, the commissioner and everyone else are employees of those 32 teams. So collaboration is the norm, not the exception. Absolutely. All right. So getting to you, you were the NFL's first female front office executive. What does that accomplishment mean to you? It's not something I reflected on while I was in the league. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, you know, so many of the people who are enjoying your podcast, and it pains me to say this, were probably not even alive when I started my career with the Raiders. (laughs) I was, I started, I joined the Raiders in the early part of the mid eighties as an intern. And very shortly after still in the mid eighties as a full-time employee, that was a long time ago. I don't even want to do the math um, because it is so long ago and I probably would get it wrong on your podcast. Yeah. I was, I was a late eighties baby and oh, I'm in well, my early thirties. So there you go. So tack on okay. a couple years there. So you did the math for me and that was a long time ago. And, you know, right now there's so much discussion about, um, women in sports, women in football in yeah. particular, things of that nature. Those weren't even topics back then. When I attended my first league meeting, um, I was the only woman in the room. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, your listeners are Charger fans. And whether you hate the Raiders or just mildly dislike them, (laughs) whether you loved Al Davis or only mildly disliked him, if we're being intellectually honest and fair, let's acknowledge that this was someone who hired without regard to race, gender, ethnicity, or any other individuality, which has absolutely no bearing on whether one can do a job well before 
anyone else was having that conversation. Yeah. So Jeannie Bonk, who works for the Chargers, Chargers Executive Vice President, COO, CFO, she's told me that when Alex Spanos had hired her, it was never about gender. It was because she was the best person for the job. And to your point, you feel that exact same way when you talk about Al. Why was that the case? And and are you proud in a sense that that it was like that back in the day? Well, I'm glad you mentioned Jeannie because that was going to be the kickoff of my next answer to whatever (laughs) would be your next question. Because Jeannie, I have, um, boy, such strong, passionate views about how tremendous Jeannie is um, for so many reasons. And I enjoyed working with her for decades. Um, At Lee, I'll I'll digress for one minute and tell you that at uh, league owner meetings, you know, there's the one meeting a year, which is a whole lot of people, Mm -hmm. but most meetings are either one per club or two per club meetings. And that's where all the work gets done. And for all the years that Jeannie and I were in the league together, um, well, for all my years in the league, and then once Jeannie joined the Chargers, all our years together, um, the Chargers and the Raiders sat right across the table from one another. And so I had the privilege and pleasure of working with Jeannie um, up close in those meetings, as well as on many many, many matters throughout our respective careers. And she is absolutely tremendous. And I've heard her articulate that view about Alex, and it is the same view I have shared about Al. And that makes what they did, in my view, all the more significant and meaningful. They hired us without any consideration whatsoever of our gender. Mm -hmm. They hired us to do a job. So in regards to you and that internship that you had cold called, I heard, I read the Raiders about what led you to wanting to pursue a career in sports? Because I read you did that when you were in law school at USC, but you didn't want to be a lawyer ultimately. Is that right? Right. Um, I was one of the umpteen kids who goes to law school for any reason other than wanting to be a lawyer. (laughs) Um, Long story why I did, I won't bore you with it, but I thought that that law degree would serve me well in terms of a business career, and it did. I fell in love with the Raiders when I was a student at Cal Berkeley. That's where I did my undergrad at Cal. And when I moved down back home, actually, to Los Angeles to attend graduate school, that was the same year the team ultimately relocated to Los Angeles. It had tried to do so a couple of years earlier, but Mm -hmm. was ordered back to Oakland by by the court um, as litigation was pending. So I graduated Cal, moved to Los Angeles. That was the same year the team came to Los Angeles. And when I started law school, I heard um, all these people talking about these things called internships and externships. Well, I'd never heard of an externship and I didn't really (laughs) understand the difference and I didn't really care. So I did cold call the organization and I served as an intern in that early, you know, kind of the early part or the early to middle part of the eighties. Okay. I love that persistence. And, and just that kind of, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to call them and I'm going to do this. It actually reminded me a lot about myself when I had first wanted to get into sports broadcasting. I just, you know, now we do it on Twitter. I sent a DM to someone who was doing high school football recruiting for, for Fox sports. And, and then it became scout.com. And that led me to that role. Was that always part of sort of your MO just that, Hey, I'm going to go for it and I'm going to get it done. Um, first of all, kudos to you, not only for doing what you did to get your foot in the proverbial door of the sports industry, um, but for sharing that with others. Yeah. Because I'm often asked by um, 
by many people, um, what do I do to get in? How do I get a start? And I respond by saying persistence, um, reach out often to many people, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. and, and to do exactly what you did. So I love that you did it, but I also love that you're taking your time to share with others how you did it as it may be of value to others wanting to get into the industry. Um, as to what I did or how I did it, um, you know, I never had a plan. I never had a, someone said to me during my career with the Raiders, you know, Amy, you need to have a five-year plan. <laughs> and I looked at this person very, very, very special to me. Um, offer, that advice was offered for all the very best reasons. And I just said, yeah, no, I don't want a plan. I'm just I don't going. have a plan. I, I just, I've never had a plan with to my career, yeah. um, which many people tell me is odd since I'm, I, I plan in so many regards and, and I love to have plans, but I never did with respect to my career. And I remember responding to the person who said that to me, I appreciate your advice but I don't want a five-year plan for my career. And then I added, and that whole five-year plan thing didn't work so well for the Russians. So, you know, I'm good without a plan. Yeah. <laughs> so getting back to Jeannie for a second and in some of those owners meetings, what was it like seeing more women like her on the business side of football join you in those rooms and in those meetings? Ph phenomenal. And by the way, tip of the hat to Jeannie, because not only did she do a magnificent job and she still does, I only used past tense because I no longer work with her. Right. She always had snacks at the meeting and she always <laughs> shared, like I look across at the table and she'd have like a little bit of candy or something. And I, I would, I was never shy about looking imploringly at her and she always share her candy. So that aside to answer your um, important question, seriously, it's magnificent. I loved seeing the job that Jeannie did. Another woman who joined the league um, years after uh, Jeannie, Hannah Gordon, who is currently the general counsel and I think COO and has a number of important roles and titles with the San Francisco 49ers. She's another that immediately springs to mind. And, you know, look, I'll say again about Jeannie the same, you know, I'll share the observation we, we touched upon earlier. Jeannie did her job. Mm -hmm. Jeannie didn't spend time thinking about gender. She did her job. And, you know, if I may share with you and stop me if I'm talking too much, um, but you're asking such terrific questions, you've got me on a roll. Um, <laughs> one of the most special moments of my career was when in a meeting, Al said to one of our guests, I'd asked him to join a meeting with a prospective business partner to help us in the meeting. And he walked in and, and the, the business that came in, the, the, the business that was visiting us, um, there was a woman involved and he looked at her and said, um, you know, nice to meet you. And he greeted her very graciously and said, I don't swear in front of women. I, I try really hard not to swear in front of women. Well, I start looking around the room at my coworkers, like, did he just say what I think he said? And he went on to say to this woman, and even if I, you know, inadvertently swear in front of you, I will never swear at you. I don't swear at women. And now I'm looking at all my coworkers and I'm just so perplexed. My, my pen flew out of my hand and landed on the table with a thump. So Al looked at me and he said, oh, Amy, I swear at Amy, but I don't consider her a woman. Hmm. And that was one of the most magnificent moments of my career, which was filled with magnificent moments. And the reason I share that with you is Al didn't care about my gender. Alex and Dean 
Alex didn't, and Dean doesn't care about yeah. Jeannie's gender. Jeannie was hired to do a job without regard to gender, and I love that. Yeah, I love that too. And thank you for sharing that story. And also the story about Jeannie and her snacks. She's supposed to come on with me later this season. And that is a perfect question that I will be asking her. So thank you for that intel. And, and I'll ask her also, what do you remember what the candy was? What? Oh, you know, I'm you not think? giving the candy, unless Jeannie would get a sponsorship at it from the can, <laughs> you know, unless Jeannie gets a sponsorship deal from the candy manufacturer, I'm not giving up the name. It's very fair. Very, very fair. What kinds of challenges did you face when you first entered the NFL? Oh, look, we all faced challenges when we started job. I was young. I mean, I was what I would call a kid when I started. I was in the early part of my mid, I guess when I did my internship, I was in my early 20s and I joined the team full time in my mid 20s. So, you know, the challenges were figuring out how to do the job. And, um, you know, I'm often asked if I, if I believe I was tested because I was a woman. I don't know. Okay. Um, probably. Let's say I was. Let's assume I was tested because I was a woman. And I don't know. I may have been tested for other reasons. Because we're all tested. We're tested because of our age, our gender, our race, our educational background, our seniority, our, you know, our time on the job. Mm -hmm. We're all tested for different reasons. Well, what's the best thing to do when we're tested? Pass the damn test. Yeah. So, you know, maybe I was tested because I was a woman. Let's assume I was. Well, I could have been tested for any a number of other reasons. Others are tested as well without regard to gender. I think the best thing to do is focus on passing the test, not focus on the reason I'm being tested. Well, and I think that's great advice. Pass the damn test for any industry that you're in, regardless of what your job is. I think that's that's perfect advice for anyone like I said, just in their daily lives in that sense. So, okay, so you have this amazing career with the Raiders. You then joined CBS Sports in 2013, but I had heard you initially had doubts about taking that role on. Why was that? Scariest thing I've ever done. Okay. Um, CBS Sports contacted me and you know offered me this magnificent opportunity to join CBS Sports Network and CBS Sports. And my initial firm reaction. I, I mean, I, I said my reaction was no, no, no. I am never, ever, ever, ever going to do that. No, no. Um, as a no being TV on camera. Yeah. Being on camera is the most frightening thing I have ever done. And, um, you know, I was, I, when I received the very, very generous, gracious, magnificent offer to join this tremendous team, um, as I said, I, I looked at my husband, I looked at my dearest friends and I said, nope, 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 not doing it. I have always, and, and maybe I'm sharing more than I should, or <laughs> I guess I'm not sharing more than I should. I guess I'm sharing more than some people might think I should, but I've always had tremendous, tremendous insecurity about my physical appearance that goes all the way back to my preteen years and then stayed with me through my teenage years and, and thereafter. So being on camera has always been very, very scary for me. If you were to go back and look at my family's home movies, yeah, kids, we had these things called movies <laughs> and they weren't on phones. You would so see, I'm not film. in any of them. Right. Okay. I'm not in any of them because that camera would go on and I'd run the opposite direction. Well, I was having a conversation with a group of girlfriends and, and sharing the fact that I was not going to do this. I was going to pass on the opportunity and explaining why. 
And one of the people there looked at me, not a dear, dear friend, but part of a larger group. And in a really quiet voice, she said to me, let it go. And those three words resonated with me. You know, we never know when something we say is going to help someone. And those three words, let it go, were life-changing for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was teasing about sharing too much. But if by sharing this, I encourage someone else to let go of an insecurity, well, then I'm glad I've shared my insecurity. Um, When she said, let it go, I thought about that. And I said, you know what? I'm going to let it go. And I accepted the offer from CBS Sports. Um, Sean Robbins, our producer, the first year I was on the show, I said to him at one point, I am so scared. I think I'm going to throw up all over myself when we're on camera. And he looked at me and his response was, wow, we'd get a lot of YouTube views <laughs> Do for <it>. that. <laughs> and the te- let me just tell you, the team at CBS Sports have literally, not just figuratively, but literally held my hand throughout this. Mm-hmm. And um, I thank them all for that. I'm doing something that's very scary and I'm glad I am. Is having those amazing teammates, those coworkers, did that help your transition? Yes, 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 yes. Um, I shared with them my insecurity. Um, They recognized that I was being sincere and they've all done all they can to help me. My first year on the show, one of my colleagues, Bart Scott, actually held my hand under the table. Literally. During sometimes when we were live, but always right before we went from break into being live, he'd hold my hand and he'd say, you got this. And my teammates to this day help me in that regard. And I hope by sharing this, I can help some others. Yes. I love that. So I love a couple things. First off, I love that you refer to your coworkers as teammates because that team bond, it never goes away. Even when you're a part of a team, we're all part of different teams at the end of the day in our workplace. And then now that you've been able to overcome that fear or work through it, what do you love most about what you're doing with CBS? I think work through it is a tremendous expression. I think you just, um, boy, that was great because you you hit the nail on the head. I haven't overcome it. Yeah. I have worked and I am working through it. So brilliantly stated on your part. And I will... Um, I will hearken back to something you just said to note that one of the things I like about it the most is being part of the team um, that I am a part of. And I hate myself for just ending that sentence in a preposition. Um, I'm a (laughs) nerd that way. So I apologize that I just joined your podcast and ended a sentence in a preposition. Your comment about teamwork is spot on. You don't have to be part of a team a literal team, a football team, a basketball team, a baseball team, an Olympic team to be a teammate. There are teammates in business. There are teammates in life. There are teammates in everything we do. Really, everyone on this planet is and should be with one another a teammate. So I love that. And you know what? I also love the different perspective I have. For almost Mm -hmm. 30 years, I was focused on one team. And now I have the perspective of being able to look around at all 32. And that's how I fell in love with the work you do. Um, Had I simply been in my old role, I wouldn't have been doing what I'm doing now on social media and otherwise. And having gotten to meet you on social media and see the magnificent job you do for the Chargers and otherwise has been a lot of fun. Thanks, Amy. I definitely, definitely appreciate that. And that is a lot of fun. I mean, that's even, even doing something like this where me being part of a team, I love 
being able to have these conversations with with different women across the league and and the amazing things that they're doing in the NFL. So another team that you contribute to is the team of We Need to Talk, an all-female sports show that has been on CBS for a few seasons, excuse me, on CBS Sports. I've spoken to Leslie Visser. I've spoken to Tracy Wolfson. They are on it. How special is it to be part of something like that? Tremendously special. And you named two of the many reasons it is so special. (laughs) The women with whom I get to work. Um, Very, very, very special moment with Leslie Visser. Early, early, early in my career, in the first year or so, so, so the opportunity to work with her now is tremendous. Tracy is tremendous. All of the women on this show, it's just a lot of fun. Um, I often look around back when we were together in studio and now I do it on Zooms and I think, wait a minute, am I the only one on this show without an Olympic medal, <laughs> not to mention gold medal yeah. or without a championship in a sport or not in the Hall of Fame, because I look around and the teammates with whom I work are just just tremendous. Um, and it's fun to talk about any number of, of topics with them. We don't stick to sports, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And and I, you know, in the conversations that I've had and the episodes that I've watched, it's all encompassing. It's it's all encompassing different things of sports, different off the field topics, which is great because kind of like what you were saying earlier, it's such a unique perspective that you all bring to that show and there's nothing like it out there right now. And we bring different perspectives. Yeah. We don't all agree on everything. There's times we don't agree on anything. And you know what? That's great disagreement is healthy. Disagreement is productive. As long as we all know that we can disagree agreeably. And as long as we all do so. There you and go. By the way, yeah. by the way, one of my favorite moments from We Need to Talk, perhaps my favorite was our very, very, very first show. We all met ahead of time. Every single woman was on that first show. Oh, except Summer Sanders. I think we zoomed her in from Africa. Okay. Um, but we're sitting there and we're talking and I was sharing with my teammates that I was nervous about going on camera. And Layla Ali looked at me and said, I got you. I got you. Meaning she had my back, not mm-hmm. meaning she understood me. And I called home and I said, I am good for the rest of my life. Because if <laughs> Layla Ali has my back, I am good. So that was a fun we need to talk moment. Yeah. And and I'm sure that's that's rolled through in the season since you've done. Yeah. If anyone's going to have it, she's a good one. She's a good yeah, one to have. Right. <laughs> Couple more before we get out of here. I have to talk to you too about your passion for animal welfare. You are a huge animal welfare advocate. Where does that come from? Probably all the way back to the time I was a little, little, little kid. There was not a stray I brought home that I was not (laughs) allowed to keep. And I brought home a lot of strays. And, you know, there were those times you'd walk around and people had signs up, free kittens. And every time I got to, you know, they were giving kittens away. Um, I had kittens. I had dogs. Every animal I ever had. Um, was a rescue or a stray or one that was being given away. Uh, in other words, adopt, don't shop yeah. was something we lived within our family from the time I was very, very little. And I love what the chargers do with respect to animals. And, you know, anytime you need me to push out something that you all are doing, it would be my privilege and pleasure to do so. Just like earlier in the conversation where you were going to talk about something that I 
then brought up, you just brought up something that I was going to bring up, which yes, is the Chargers involvement in that they held a dog draft this spring. You did promote it. So thank you. They've also teamed up with a nonprofit canine companions to follow a puppy appropriately named Bolt on his journey to becoming an assistance dog. They're one of just a few teams that now has incorporated this into their community platform. How cool is it to see teams get involved in initiatives like this? I I love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, I have the great, great pleasure and privilege of working with Tony LaRussa and his Animal Rescue Foundation. And one of the things Tony um, says all the time, and we say at ARF, is people rescue animals and animals rescue people. Yeah. And um, I just love what the Chargers are doing. I love what other teams are doing. Um, and, and in terms of animals rescuing people, you just mentioned Bolt and the assistance dog program. That is so, so, so special. We have dogs at ARF working with veterans with PTSD and the, the help they offer these veterans is tremendous. Oh, and one of the veterans suffering from PTSD SD very, very adorably said at one point, because every, all the veterans were asking for dog companions. And he said, is it okay if I have a cat? And I just love that he wanted a cat as a companion and asked, and it was a wonderful moment. And then down in the Carlsbad area is a tremendous, tremendous program where they're teaming up horses with veterans with PTSD. So my point is all of this is magnificent. What the Chargers are doing is magnificent. Your promotion of this is magnificent. And I will be honored to assist you in any way I can. That is so cool. Horses never, ever would have thought of that. That is awesome. Oh, they're good. Um, I, I had a horse for many, many years and we did something with autistic children, teaming them up with horses. And it was tremendous. My horse who was like had to have been one of the most skittish horses ever would just spook at, at a feather or a shadow would stand like a statue when these children climbed all over him. It was like he understood them and it was a tremendous bond. That's really special. All right. Last couple ones here. I know you're a big ice cream fan. One of the reasons I love you, who doesn't love ice cream at the end of the day, I know it's hard. You've said to pick a flavor, favorite flavor, I should say, but what's in your freezer right now? Well, I don't ever pick a favorite because there's too many from which to choose. (laughs) I will tell you, um, here it is. I've been probably way too talk, way too talk, too talkative, way too talkative, much too talkative. That's what I'm trying to say. Probably much too talkative, had a lot of caffeine this morning. Um, so I will just have to be a little more talkative now and tell you, I've got 12 flavors in the freezer right now. 12. I'm not exaggerating. 12. If I was by the freezer right now, I'd screenshot it for you. Um, so I'm not going to name the flavors, but I will tell you this. Every flavor I always have has something in it. I don't go for the plain flavors. Okay. I like things with nuggets and bits and chips and swirls and whirls. I like ice cream with things in it. Little texture. Yeah. Okay. And then lastly, is there ever such a thing as too much whipped cream on top? No. Yep. Never too much whipped cream, never too many sprinkles, never too many toppings. That is the right answer. Girl after my own heart. Amy, thank you so much for joining me. This was a fabulous conversation. I so appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. I am such a fan of all the work you do. Um, It is really a pleasure to join you. 